0: we kind of realized that, you know, we, we could just get up and start preaching about what we should be doing, right. or we could just get up and do it. Right. <laughs> you know? so, so we just got up and did it.
1: Welcome to On the Mission with Norwex Learning Network. I'm Amy Kadora. I created this show to help raise awareness about issues that can impact our quality of life including harmful chemicals, plastic pollution, and sustainability. We'll also explore the simple changes that you can make to improve you, your families, and the planet's health. I am so excited to welcome Pete Siglinski, the CEO and co-founder of Seabin Project. Now the Seabin Project began in 2013 when Pete teamed up with his friend Andrew Turton and turned their love of the water into a mission to help clean the oceans. They had a really simple idea. If we can have rubbish bins on land then why not have them in the water? And after much research, experimentation and a whole lot of hard work, they created the Seabin which not only collects trash from the water But also filters out oil fuel and even detergents. Today we'll discuss the Seabin Project mission, how they're doing, their plans for their future, their new focus on the community engagement and activation, and why education and kids hold the key to true change and why their ultimate goal is to live in a world that has no need for Seabins at all. So with me today I have Pete Siklinski who is the Founder of the um, C-Bin project, which I know has it really has been fascinating for me uh, coming in and learning a lot more about it. I know you guys have been talking with our global CEO Judy Latane, and she was so excited to be able to uh, install, be there when they were installing these C-Bins in Malta, actually. Which, if you haven't been, is a beautiful island to go and visit um so Pete would love to just kind of start from the beginning well, a little bit of the background of how how you founded this this company, like what inspired you, what were you doing, how did you get to this place where you you're you're you know kind of organizing this grassroots organization to make a huge change with with our oceans
0: yeah a uh, a good question, and thanks for having me as well um so, yeah, I mean, if, if, if we go back to the start, um, you know, I, um, I basically, I, well, I grew up here in Australia and, you know, we, we all kind of live on the coast. And uh, when you're on the coast, you um, definitely have like a little connection to the water, you're swimming, surfing, sailing, just whatever, you know, just fishing, anything. And, um, and I guess you get this like in-ground respect for the environment, even if you're not aware of it. Mm. Uh, and you know we're we're pretty lucky here on the east coast of Australia like it's um it's pretty regional areas and uh, there's a lot of space and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of space between cities and so it's um there's a lot of natural sort of uh, environment and and I guess I never really took that for granted until I left Australia and I went overseas to Europe where you know all of a sudden you're in the Mediterranean you have all these countries that have you know been around for a lot longer than australia <laughs> and <laughs> uh and you know the infrastructure is not quite there or the culture for the environment's not quite there and mm-hmm. but then you start to see the rubbish and the, the trash and the litter and you know just the culture i guess is a little bit different and uh and and so that was kind of what inspired myself and and my co-founder andrew turton uh why don't we just do something about it and it was my it was my co-founder andrew who he had the idea that if you got the trash cans on land, why don't we put one in the water? Because there was enough trash in the water to, um, you know, to 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 justify a rubbish bin. <laughs> uh, and um, you know, we we so he had this idea for a while, and he told me about it. And my first in my first life, I was a a product designer. I was a you know I was doing the engineering and design work for. Um, toasters and kettles and all those really interesting fun things for the kitchen <laughs> and uh, and so I kind of had these like life skills where I could do the design engineering I could do you know the, the prototyping and all this and and for me it was like I could tick off all these boxes that I would feel good about myself with so I could be helping other people I could help the environment I could be connected to the water I could do engineering design marketing all these sort of things, and and that was like my kind of light bulb moment, where it was like, "Bang!" You know, I can, I can uh, have a business with a purpose, and I can help other people. This right. you know, before that, I was like, you know, I was literally living one meter in front of myself for, you know, for well up until I was like thirty-seven or something, and I was just cruising the world with a surfboard and a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's really you know it just built some purpose into my life and and other people's as well now it's it's amazing you know we, right. we saw the get behind malta and yeah that was great and uh and then it you know started snowballing i guess because the the issue of the trash in the water is uh, quite common and right. i think it's uh, 194 countries that have shoreline and they've all got the same problem
1: mm-hmm I love how simple your solution is. I mean, you just said it. It was this idea, the light bulb moment of we have trash, rubbish bins on on land. Why can't we have one actually sitting in the water and pulling everything through? And, you know, I, I also love what you said about your passion, right? That, you know, if you can bring all of those pieces together in your life, it's it's phenomenal what you can achieve, right? You get that momentum going behind you and it's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, we we yeah we we kind of got fast tracked into all this by having no money, like in a weird <laughs> roundabout kind of way. Right. We we had no money, like we had this idea, and and I decided that the best way to get the money or the quickest way would be to let's do a crowdfunding campaign, and right. And all of a sudden, we had like members of the community like supporting us, and. And then it just snowballed because so many people had concerns they didn't know how to help you know they right. they're, they're picking stuff up they're doing beach cleanups, but how can they get a, how can they get involved more and then you know, it just snowballed and then and then it snowballed again because we, we made some money and we're like right, we can kick this thing off and then we literally had an obligation to be transparent in how we spent the money
1: right.
0: and so the easiest way for the, to, to be transparent was to like show the story on Facebook that, you know, we just didn't hop off on a plane and go to Tahiti and go surfing. Like, you know, here we are in the trenches, like building and doing this stuff and everyone just loved it because it was like sort of regular guys just having a go at a global problem.
1: Right. And they got behind you. They, a lot of them got behind you.
0: Yeah. Like more than, more than 1.2 billion views on the crowdfunding video and just, yeah, it's insane. It's 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 really uh, uplifting to know there are so many people with concerns for the environment, right? And, and, and I love that solutions. again. Solutions,
1: yeah. And it's it, just to think about it as grassroots. It's like all these people that had this concern, but they brought together. They came together, and it was like this wave, right? This wave of support and and the ability to get it done. You know, I love that.
0: Love yeah, that. you know, we we kind of. We kind of realized that you know we, we could just get up and start preaching about what we should be doing, right. or we could just get up and do it <laughs> right. you know, so, so we just got up and did it.:
1: Oh, I love that I love that. So how many sea bins are in operation right now around the globe?
0: Uh, it must be just over a thousand units that are operational in fifty three countries Wow. Uh, and yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. We, we started with one and, you know, and then, and then we just started scaling. And, and so, um, the, the daily impact that we have with that fleet of sea in 53 countries is, uh, it's, uh, it's just jumped up a little bit. We're collecting 4.2 tons of marine trash, uh, every day. And we're, we're filtering, uh, over 500 million liters of water every day as well. And so, you know, this oh
1: my it's, God.
0: It, it's pretty cool, but it's like it's not even a drop in the ocean, you know, in terms of fixing a problem. But you know, what, what we started to realize was that this is a very preventative solution because it's visual
1: mm-hmm. and
0: if we play like if, if if we attack the solution properly, cleanup is the last thing that you need to be doing and behavioral change and litter reduction on land is that's like that's the real way we're going to fix the problem and so mm-hmm. yeah you know, we're, we're kind of using this technology as like a platform to right. to address a bigger picture
1: right and to bring that awareness right because you do you've got a lot of awareness now with bends, so
0: yeah yeah absolutely you know the, the more you're aware of a problem the the more i guess you you kind of want to fix it well, yep. well at least that's what i'm hoping
1: <laughs> no exactly now, you know, with all everybody wearing these disposable masks and and even these gloves, have you guys started to notice that you're pulling more of that out of these sea bins? Have you see, seen that impact of, of those disposable gloves and disposable masks at all?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it just reinforces the fact that humans are lazy. You know, it's <laughs> Yes. It's not the it's not the mask that puts itself in the water. You know, it's it's the human that doesn't put it in the bin or something like but, um, you know, like you can you can swap out plastics for any other kind of product and that will become litter because humans are lazy. And uh, so, again, you know, it comes back to behavioural change. But mm-hmm. I think in Sydney, I think our um our, our daily average is we're collecting like three surgical masks a day and uh, we've never collected masks before because we've never had that pandemic. And, right. you know, we've, we've collected a lot of gloves, but I think that was from other like cleaning and, and stuff. But you know, we, we've had to add a new category to our pollution index to include medical equipment. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it's pretty serious, but uh, unfortunate.
1: Yeah. And, I, you know, it's funny when I go to the grocery store now, I often will see the gloves because people wear them into the grocery store. And you're right. They're just literally they're sitting in their car and they're just throwing them out beside the car when they're done. I I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm with you on that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of a challenge. I mean, with, with us, we were like, how how are we going to change someone's behavior? And you're like, well, like personally I'm, I'm 43 and uh, you know, you're going to try and change my mindset. It's going to be pretty hard. You know, I've got 43 (laughs) years worth of my own thinking and, you know, sort of, and then, and then we figured like, well, let's don't, let's not talk to the adults. Let's talk to the kids. Right. It's kind of like blank slates, you know, and, and, and then those kids, if we told them about, uh, let's say, bring your own shopping bag, you know, forget single use. Right. Those kids, they don't do the shopping, but they, they might go with the parents to the supermarket and they'd be like, hey, mum and dad, like, skip that plastic bag, bring your own. You know, They're right. going to gonna start hassling their parents. <laughs> and so we, we were like, well, let, let's talk to the kids, you know, and uh, let's lay the foundations of the change that we want to see. That was kind of the, the idea.
1: So do you have a program that you developed for kids like a awareness or education or within the school systems anything that you've tried to kind of bring more attention via the kids?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We uh when when we started this um I mentioned we had like a, a viral video that had one, 1. 1.2 billion views and uh and more actually. And so we we had a lot of people like applauding us that was like you know, sea bins are amazing, sea bins are gonna save the world. Uh, we can now throw our crap in the water and the sea bins will fix it. And we're like, Whoa, <laughs> right. you know, the sea bins are only here because like humans are lazy, we shouldn't even have sea bins. So and then we thought, well, hang on, you know, we've got a viral video. People are you know, if you see something on Facebook, people think it's official and it gives you this like automatic authorization over something, you know. And mm-hmm. and so we, we had this power of communication. And I was thinking, well. Technology is not going to save us. Seabins aren't going to save the world. We need to save ourselves, sort of thing. And I was like, "What do we do?" And I was like, "Well, let's not focus on technology. Let's focus on the real solution, which is education. Because if we were smarter, we we you know we'd be reusing plastics. We 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 wouldn't need single use. If we were smarter, the plastic wouldn't be in the ocean. And if the plastic wasn't in the ocean, we wouldn't need seabins. So." You know, let's let's focus on education. Let's back it up with some programs that we can reach out to schools with, and and so we just started doing that, which was like really fun and probably the hardest crowds you could ever imagine <laughs> in, like <six> year olds. <laughs> uh, and, and then uh, we we kind of stepped that up into like STEM learning, where we, you know, just sort of putting the technology and the maths and the you know all this sort of stuff in there, and it's great. It was really fun.
1: Wow. So who cleans these things out? I mean, you got, you got a lot of rubbish. You're in 53 countries, I think you said. How in the world do you coordinate getting the rubbish out of the bins, I guess, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis?
0: Uh, yeah, well, that, that was, uh, you know, the easiest thing to do was like create this bin, you know, trash can, pool skimmer thing. Right. The hardest thing that we had to do was scale and, yeah. and, and operate logistically in 50, well, you know, we we are aiming for 194 countries, we're in 53. That was the hardest thing to do. And so we split our business scaling into two parts. The, the first phase was the early adopter phase. Let's focus on private marinas, ports and yacht clubs. We're focusing on them because mm. they're going to pay us quicker than a government will. You know, mm-hmm. there's like less red tape. And we could only survive if we sold something. You know, we, we didn't have like millions of dollars to float around on. Right. Um, and so the other one was... In a marina port or a yacht club, they got staff. The staff are already scoop netting. They're looking after the water. So we, in, in phase one, you know, the early adopter, we don't have to deal with the services. And then so we're like, we like, we wrote a standard operating procedure. The CV needs to be checked once a day, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. The, the trash goes into your recycling system because every every single uh, City, Marina, has a different system because they get got a different waste service provider. And so this is more uh, focused on cities and, and governments and, and local municipalities. And, you know, and, and what we did is we, we split the services that we're offering now into two parts, uh, going back to cleanup and then education because the cities don't want to focus on a cleanup, They want to focus, focus on litter reduction. Mm, um, right. That clean makes... up is like the last thing that you should be doing. Right. You know. So, right. Yeah. So we're we're uh, you know we we I guess we set some pretty big challenges for ourselves. And the latest big challenges were lobbying an entire city, which is Sydney, in here in Australia. With uh, you know, we set up this uh, environmental technician whose core duties are the, the technical stuff, servicing, getting rid of the rubbish. But then uh, the other half of it is community engagement, uh, community activa- uh, activation, um, setting up educational events with local schools and, and really focusing on prevention. And, yeah, it's cool. It's a great job.
1: Is that the city pilot that I saw on your website, the Sydney city yeah. pilot? Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we figured, you know, with this COVID stuff, yeah, let's focus on our own backyard to start with because we just can't travel. Right, and uh if we can pull it off in sydney we can pull it off in honolulu or san diego or you know florida anywhere japan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um for the olympics or something like right. yeah
1: <laughs> i i love the idea of combining this community activation kind of the word that you used with you know actually doing something but it's it's bringing that awareness because that you're right that's key for for virtually any of these issues i couldn't agree more so what is the strangest thing you've ever pulled out of one of these bins? I'm afraid to ask actually, but I'm I'm gonna ask.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, um, every now and then we're pulling out money, which is pretty cool.
1: Money, okay.
0: Yeah, so um, over here in Australia, New Zealand, we have plastic money and uh, you know, plastic floats and, and every now and then we're pulling out like twenty bucks and fifty bucks and
1: It's your tip. It's your tip for doing the work
0: yeah I know. yeah, yeah. the the c bin is like making money
1: <laughs> that's fine that's absolutely fine so how much does how much do these c bins cost like j- i mean there's i and i know there's probably multiple costs there's the actual c bin itself and then there's this ongoing upkeep that you you know you have to put into the cost as well
0: yeah so that that's uh oh, well there's there's so many answers for that but um look if it's a direct sale to a to a client an existing client you know we're looking at right. like uh is it 7k Aussie? But then if we're adding sponsorship and branding and educational packages and adding all this other stuff, then it just starts to sort of go up so we can cover costs. Um, so yeah, sort of base price, you know, for like a, just a single C bin uh, is looking at like 7k Aussie. So, right. you know, th- these things are, they're, they're warranties for like a couple of years. The, uh, okay. they, they actually last for like five or more. So, you know, the, to Drop like a few grand on something that lasts for over five years, but gives you a cleaner marina and right. you know, it, it 's a pretty good investment and uh, you know the the carbon footprint of the units are pretty low as well we 're looking at like three dollars a day in electricity and you know we, we designed the seabians to be solar compatible, so if there is solar setup like the infrastructure on the roof, you can run it off the solar uh, love the carbon footprint again and and then when I designed all this we really kept in mind like what is recyclable and what isn't. And it's like 99.5% recyclable, the entire unit. You know, we can reuse it again. And the only thing that we can't use is the the internals of the pump that have been encased in like a, a epoxy resin. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, um, hey, going back to that thing, the, the, the stuff that we caught, um, <laughs> probably the other coolest thing that we caught was like an entire office chair. <laughs> um it was like it, it was kind of like one of those office chairs that have a lot of foam on it, yeah. and so that was floating, and uh one of the legs had like been pulled into it, and because uh, the whole thing can't fit but uh but yeah, it was like this wow. this office chair that was that was pretty cool.
1: You know, we work with another organization called washed ashore, and it it was actually started by an artist who lived on the coast. And noticed um, each day this tremendous amount on the, um, actually on the Pacific coast, so up in Oregon. So a lot of trash kind of coming up literally on the beach every day. And she creates these very large, like, um, you know, six, 10 feet tall and wide Marine sculptures out of that plastic, and it's pretty amazing, but um, she she was always amazed at the things that would come up on the shore, just like this office chair she's like i don't I don't understand where these things come from. I think one of the things she was talking about was uh, fake plastic logs you know that might be in a fireplace somewhere, and you just go, you know again, how does that get?" And it's, it probably gets out of the waste stream really easily, you know, with the wind blowing and as they're transporting the plastic and it gets out and then up in a river and then into the ocean. So you and she could probably exchange some very interesting conversations that we could record about what you have found between the two of you (laughs) in in your respective uh, areas.
0: Yeah. that's the irony? Plastic log, plastic driftwood.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, what would you say? I can't, you know. I, I think about this, and I, I am sure that you have run into many challenges. But as you're looking back from the inception of doing this business, do you have one thing that stands out uh, that your, you know, was a was an incredible hurdle that you had to overcome, or that you worked long and hard at, or? you know, just something that you're like, this, this was our big win or, and, or, you know, maybe this was the turning point too, for, for you guys in the, in the business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, that that was our first crowdfunding. So our first, well, our second one in theory, uh, the first one we started on Kickstarter and within like a week we got booted off. (laughs) Um,
1: why were you booted off?
0: Uh, some dude made this like laser razor that turned out it wasn't a laser. It was just like this hot wire and, and he was kind of cheating the system and Kickstarter like really like, you know, knuckled down on prototypes. Right. So we got booted off because the laser um, razor guy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we followed him over to Indiegogo uh, where he went. And, um, and then uh, so we, we had a four, yeah, it was a four-week campaign on Indiegogo, which was our second go. And uh, we 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 struggled to raise um, three hundred. What did we raise? We raised three hundred and sixty-two thousand dollars. But we only raised that in like the last two weeks because the first two weeks was like we just got nothing. There was like there was crickets. Um, wow. And at the time, this was twenty sixteen, so there was this big awareness push by all of the not for profits greenpeace mm-hmm. all of these like you know top dog enviro groups and and they're all squealing for solutions and so here we are well here i am actually in a factory in spain with like three mobile devices and a <laughs> laptop like messaging them, going hey guys we've got a solution we just need you to share this video on facebook and
1: right.
0: and that was crickets as well Um, and I was like, how come they're not like getting behind it? Like they're squealing all over social media about the need for solutions. And like, we've got it. Like, you know, it's not the ultimate, but we've got a solution. And, and then something happened where we got a reply and it was like, Hey guys, you know, sorry, we can't help you. You're a conflict of interest. And it turns out that, so, you know, you're a not for profit. You operate on the charity of people to give you money and donations. If they're supporting another not for profit that donation and money will possibly not go to you but go to someone else that you're sort of you know you're endorsing and that's why we had the crickets huh. and that sucks <laughs> oh. you know and I was like who are these people like and then I and I was really aware of this like political you know playing field of competitiveness in this in this industry where we're all trying to help the planet but right. we're like not helping each other because of jealousy or funding or just god knows what like it's it's pretty toxic and and so that was the first challenge the Mm. most that that was the biggest challenge that we've had um was like navigating this playing field of just i don't know know.
1: (laughs) well how did you do that then pete i mean because i i hear you you know if there's if there's um you know a political minefield around a topic that you you don't see necessarily as political how did you guys overcome that and keep that momentum did you go around it you know did you just say never mind we're going to go around it and try something different
0: yeah we just went like let's just focus on sort of our friends and their friends and our family and just sort of regular people and Mm -hmm. who have no agenda apart from like trying to fix the environment and and so yeah so you know we, we thought we could fast track our message by using those other you know environmental groups but it didn't, you know? And, yeah. and so we're like, that's not working. Let's not try and change them. Right. Um, let's just focus on regular people and, and, and that's kind of been, that was a blessing in disguise to be honest, because that right. is our biggest community based support. Like the whole thing is just always been regular people and just really wanting to help out of the goodness of their hearts.
1: Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh,
0: you know, we, we, we weren't asking for money on our call to action. It was like would you give us a like, a share, or a comment on Facebook? <laughs> you know? And then yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so that that was pretty interesting. And you know, the learnings from that was like if we're ever in a position where we can help others, let's do it, you know. Oh, and, I love that. Right. Yeah, you know, let let's let's be the bigger person and, and you know, let, let's do this properly. This, you know, it's plastics in the ocean. It's everybody's problem, right. everybody's solution. That sort of thing. Right.
1: Oh, I love that. That is a great way to close this podcast. Let's all reach out and give a, uh, you know, give a hand to people and bring them up with us. You know, as we're as the tide is rising with what we're doing, let's bring everybody with us because we all we all will gain from that versus fighting. You know, fighting to be the one on top. So.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. No well, we-
1: yeah. Yeah, I so appreciate you coming on tonight. Um, I know you are extremely busy, so um, just appreciate you taking a little bit of time to share um, just a tiny bit about sea bins and a little bit about the effort that you have gone through and... Um, we are watching you guys closely we're excited about your successes and uh, we certainly um, hope to continue that and i know we're actually uh, certainly talking with you now about even some additional seed bends because we we truly believe in what you're doing and and want to support you so just appreciate you appreciate you coming on tonight and uh, uh, hope you have a great day today
0: yeah thanks for having us we're all pretty excited to continue the norway sort of journey and and scale up and out and more impact more stuff out of the water and more awareness and prevention yeah
1: for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to share with friends and family and don't forget to follow and subscribe.